Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Really dumb. James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK, and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify, as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. Hot on the heels of the awesome success of GoldenEye, Pierce Brosnan was back, with a bang, in Tomorrow Never Dies. Action stations. Aye, aye, sir. Sound the general alarm. The Chinese pilot insists we're inside their territorial waters and he will fire. An act of violence. Torpedo, torpedo, torpedo. It was an unprovoked attack on a ship in international waters. The promise of war. And instead of decisive action, all you want to do is investigate. My goal is to prevent World War III, Admiral. Now, the world has only one chance for peace. When will our ships be in position? 48 hours. And just one man for the job. Bond. <laughs> James Bond. How much do you know about Elliot Carver, WC? Worldwide media band. Most newspapers, radio, satellite TV. There's no news. Like bad news. I understand you once had a relationship with Carver's wife. Was it something I said? How about the words, I'll be right back? I'm from the New China News Agency. Looking for a news story? <laughs> Could have taken care of him. <laughs> Let the mayhem begin. Your new BMW. Will you need collision coverage? Yes. Property destruction? Definitely. Personal injury? I 
accidents do happen. No, I'm 007. I get to work with a decadent agent of a corrupt Western power. I think you found the right decadent, corrupt Western agent as a partner. Phase two is underway. This holiday season, I had is he doing? His job, the world belongs to Bond. When you remove Mr. Bond's heart, there should just be enough time for him to watch it stop beating. I would have thought watching your TV shows was torture enough. So we're, we're here at Berry View. I'm not sure the last time I went here, maybe it was Living Daylights. Certainly I wasn't here for License to Kill. Golden eye for me. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, you were, so you were, yeah. Was it yeah, just you and Chris, you and Chris wasn't it? Yeah. It was romantic. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I love these. Yeah. I love these combinations of people. But yeah. it, tonight it is just myself, Math, and John. And uh, we will be watching the second Pierce Brosnan film. It's already, you know, still not got over that Roger's finished, that yeah, Pierce is finished. Romping along. We go again, more and more films, one a week. Golden eye, I've barely got over that we've. we've we have seen that, thankfully. Mm. So Tomorrow Never Dies, guys. A curious one when we started the podcast, because I assumed this would be one of the ones that was a bit sort of, yeah, it's all right, it's fairly average, it's inoffensive, it's good fun, nothing more, nothing less, but it's just just, just another bomb film. But do you think it's, do you think it's a bit different to that, John? Um, <laughs> right, I, I think that it's got a lot of tropes in it that you find throughout the series I mean I think if you look at it really the story is pretty much the same as Young the Twice Spy Love Me playing off yeah. a nation against each other but but it's not to its detriment it's to its merit it's a standard Bond film but actually that's a good thing yeah <laughs> um, it's got that like personal angle that hasn't been there before by adding uh, an old flame of bombs coming yeah. back and stuff yeah. but when I think of Tomorrow Never Dies I think it is the easiest watching Bond film mm. out of every single one yeah. it's amazing it, it, yeah. I, I, I just I agree. think you can it's, if I was ever had a Sunday afternoon where I just wanted to chill out Tomorrow Never Dies would be the obvious choice because hear me right here again it's to its merit it's not to its detriment yeah. there's so much mindless action that is so yeah. good yeah. in it. Yeah. It, it it's very similar Absolutely. to the 90s action films of that time yeah. you know the likes of the likes of Con Air the likes of Face Off the likes of Executive the Decision, Rock, executive decision. <laughs> yeah. it's got that kind yeah. of um, action it's got that kind of OTT villain yeah and, yeah, yeah. And very 90s villain isn't it? very very 90s villain very 90s action and I'm just really looking forward to it um, I think people who get a bit snobby about it just needs to just chill out you know like at the end of the day if you look throughout each of the bond era you could argue that each decade had a generic bond film of that act yeah. of that era mm. but they're all brilliant so yes. let's yeah. just enjoy Absolutely. it you know? the yeah. irony of course is that they're being shown on itv and the sunday afternoon one is on a majesty's and the saturday night oh. one is tomorrow never dies but yeah tomorrow never dies works for both it does, it does. As John says, I completely agree. It's, it's possibly one of 
it is the easy one of the easiest yeah. to watch and you, I, don't, I don't get sick of it um, and yeah you know I agree you can't have every single Bond film being you know the most personal ever or the, the you know the most dangerous bit, I, I don't know ever but it, it's you need some of these more solid by the numbers ones in order for the others to stand out yeah. and you know I think as a follow up to Goldeneye which was a massive success and you know a big a really seminal moment for Bond to be back and to be, you know, really popular again. I think it does a pretty solid job yeah. um, in sort of continuing that momentum. And, you know, Pierce is getting more and more accustomed to the role and, you know, there's maybe not quite as amount, the same amount of incredible supporting characters as Goldeneye, but there's still some there's really, quite a few, aren't really good standout ones. There's some brilliant supporting characters. Obviously, it's Colin Salmon's first... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is fascinating about his film is about how many English actors are in... Oh, got, yeah. yeah. So you've got yeah. Hugh Bonneville, Jason Watkins, yeah. uh, Gerard Butler, Geoffrey Palmer, Julian Fellows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. All, all of these one-line speakers. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I love that war room. I absolutely love the return oh, yeah. of that. I know we've had, we've had some before and since, but again, no time tonight. It was a bit lonely then. It was just like an, an office dictating what was going on this massive world life changing thing yeah I, I always prefer it when there's the, the team a bit and that's very 90s I, I was watching Armageddon and it's like you've got a massive oh, team yeah, yeah. everyone being advised loads of different people in your <laughs> ear like just shut up let me speak and all this kind of stuff and I think it does that so well yeah it's one of them right at the beginning of course with oh, the pre-title yeah. sequence which is a, a great pre-title really sequence really and awesome. then there's, there's more as we go on yeah because it's it is linked. It's another pre-title sequence that's linked, and it it's just non-stop again from start yeah. to finish. It doesn't. I don't think any part of it sags personally, but we'll no. see on the big screen. But it really rattles. At yeah, moment, doesn't it? And it's, it's a bit shorter, is it? Yeah, just under two hours. Yeah. I think it might be. And it doesn't need to be any longer. No. I, don't, no. I know. In fact, Lorenzo was on about a deleted scene mm-hmm. where uh, what's his name Gupta? Yeah. Is it Gupta? Has some like magic cards or something. So, so Ricky J, yeah, the actor, yeah. is a famous card player. Yeah, yeah. So, there, is a, there are deleted scenes that have him, like, when he's looking at the encryptor, so sad, it has him playing. <laughs> a dazzling array of support. You know, like flicking cards and stuff. Yeah. And then in the bit when um, there's the torture bit and, and Bond yeah. throws the knife at Stamper and he gets caught in it. There's a, there's a under it. There's a deleted scene <laughs> where Ricky J throws cards at Bond. Oh. Ah, yeah, yeah. flip yeah. yeah. That's very you move twice with the the deleted Q scene that was in our ITV version. Well, of yeah, the, but, the ninjas throwing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in terms of the Pierce Brosnan run, I do quite. I do find it refreshing that all four are not connected to the others. You can just watch them. You don't have to remember the last one. And really, I know World Is Not Enough has got much more story stakes, perhaps, mm. and Dying of the Day, the start of it, is a bit different. They're all just... Apart from that, they're, they're by the numbers in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I was listening to the Licence to the Kill review, and Matthew said how you felt, in some ways, Licence to Kill would be best as the end, one of Dalton, and yeah, a couple yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. This is the perfect example of in the middle Bond yeah. oh absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah definitely but Rosen's so at ease here yeah it's, it, it doesn't interconnect with everything it's a perfect 
in the middle Bond film yeah. for an actor. And there's no doubt yeah. that he's Bond by now. Again, oh, no one doubted yeah. him ever when he started, but the audience are completely yeah. with him. There's yeah. no, that's oh, never absolutely. been an issue in his films. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to see Jonathan Price because at the time he was a bit, again, critics were a bit sniffy, weren't they, about his performance? Mm. Yeah. But I'm so glad on Bond Twitter. Tomorrow Never Dies is actually talked about it is. way more than I think. I would have thought, and yeah. his performance is pretty well regarded. I'm so pleased. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredibly hammy, but I love hammy over-the-top villains, yeah. so I love it, you know, and, and the 90s is full of that. Um, so to me, it just fits perfectly. Yeah. And I don't want to mention names because I might be a bit harsh, but um, there was a World Cup Bond World Cup thing that happened. Oh, and, right. And you had to send in your favourite moment of every single Bond. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, well, we did that, didn't and we? Yeah. I sent in, like, my whole list. And my thing for Tomorrow Never Dies was uh, my favourite bit of the whole of Tomorrow Never Dies is Jonathan Price mimicking Wade Lynn doing the yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And the person who was putting it together like no be serious please what's your what and I was like no that is my favourite <laughs> yeah. bit you know get over it because it's because it you gets know. very like worst moments oh, isn't it? no but <coughs> I think you know so nice Stromberg and particularly Drax he's yeah. a bit like that he is, like, yeah. we've just had Sean Bean as Alex Trevelyan who's very much Bond's equal physical yeah. you know threat and everything yeah. like that so then to go back to this person who he himself's not physical or you know anything yeah. like that but he has he has a henchman clearly but he's someone who, you know, he's the one pulling the strings and doing all these these things behind the scenes. And, you know, sometimes it's good to have a villain like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. They're all very different, the Brosnan villains, aren't they? Oh, yeah, Come they think are. Of it. Yeah, they are. Obviously, Electra's completely different again. Yeah. Toby Steams is a bit of a mix because he's both the, the billionaire, but he get you know he gets his hands dirty yeah, and yeah, fights and stuff. I know yeah. people, please, you know, I want them to give Dino the Day a chance. I really do. But we, uh, that's for another night. But. <laughs> But yeah, tomorrow never dies. It's just yeah. after a ridiculously hot week, sit in some air conditioned oh. cinema, and just just enjoy a great Bond yeah. film. I can't wait to see it. Lads. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it definitely. Hello, this is Gary Kay at the Odeon Cinema in Bath. Just decided to go and see Tomorrow Never Dies, and give another Pierce Brosnan film a go. Not seen since its original release. I think I only saw this one only the once on its original release. And um, to be honest with you, one of the main reasons I'm coming tonight is to hear David Arnold's score through the cinema sound system. So that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Although when I rewatched this for the first time in a good couple of years earlier this year, I remember particularly enjoying Michelle Yeoh as as before, I always liked her as an actress and also the characters she plays in Tomorrow Never Dies, as well as Terry Hatcher, who was significantly better than I remember. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Anyway, uh, speak to you after the film. Hi, really 007. This is Dom here. I've decided to make a script so this preview will be easier for me to describe. Tonight, I'll be going to watch Tomorrow Never Dies at the Odeon Milton Keynes. I've just come off a night shift, so I'm feeling very tired, but I'm still super excited for this one. For me, personally, this is a nostalgic film, because Tomorrow Never Dies is actually the first James Bond film I ever saw. So this is probably where the love of James Bond comes from initially. My mum and dad recorded this film for me and my brother when I was probably about five or six, as ITV was showing it in the 90s. For me, 
I feel Pierce Brosnan is my Bond as he is the first one I ever saw. I feel he's very well dressed, a great sense of humour, and slightly serious, but not as serious as Dalton. He plays it very well and mixes Connery, Moore and Dalton together very well. I own all the Bond films on Blu-ray and over the years I've watched this one many times when I just want a nice afternoon film viewing, as well as buying it on Apple TV. For me, the thing that stands out about this film is the car chase, as I love cars personally involved in the BMW 750. I remember this broadly as well as Q coming to the Hamburg airport undercover to show Bond the car. I really like the soundtrack in this film. I feel David Arnold does a sterling job with the soundtrack, really gets it Barry-esque. I like White Knight at the beginning in the pre-title sequence, as that's a great song, as well as All in the Day's Work at the end with Stamper. The Hamburg print and press song where he's walking along before he gets shot. That's good music as well for me. Surrender is a great James Bond ending song. And it's a shame it wasn't the main title song. But I guess this is at a time where artists were chosen for their musical repertoire at the time. As opposed to what fits for the purpose of the film. I'm looking forward to hearing the soundtrack on the big speakers as well. And seeing if the pitch quality still holds up today as I thought it always did. I don't think it's the best James Bond film for me, but A Couple of Hours Entertainment is definitely hard to beat. I'm not the biggest fan of Waylin, but I feel like she's a good Bond girl overall. Paris Carver is, for me, easily forgotten about. She's not in it for very long and gets killed quite easily. Jonathan Price's Elliot Carver is not the best villain for me, but his scheme is quite memorable. It's more one of the more realistic ones. Stamper is a good henchman, although he's basically based on Necross, with his big build and silver hair. The ending is great as he tries to avenge Carver and Kaufman and when he excels in being stabbed and the knife twisted, he loves this. It's a shame that Dr. Kaufman is not in it for any long as he is very memorable in the hotel scene. Henry Gupta is forgotten about and it's a shame his car trick scene wasn't in the final cut if you've ever seen that. The M scene with Jeffrey Palmer and Robinson is a good one at the beginning at the Arms Bazaar as well as the scene where they discover that the ship has been in international waters and sunken and the sailors murdered. Then when Bond comes in to sort them all out with their bickering and to start his job, basically. I really like this scene. The Germany stuff for me is fantastic, but once they go to Vietnam, I feel it slows down a little bit for me. But the bike chase is memorable. The ending on the ship isn't the best. I feel it slows down from here as well. But once Bond sets the bombs off and everything goes hellfire, I feel it picks up a bit from there. I'm not keen on the ending where they're waiting to be picked up, but that music all in a day's work just makes me enjoy watching that scene. Anyway, I'm going to leave this here and give my feedback once I've watched it tonight. Cheers really the Blue 7 enjoy the film everybody. Hi, Steve Clamp here, aka Steve Clamp. This joke's getting old now. Anyway, I'm here with my son Ben. Say hi Ben. Hello. Ben's 15. The last one we saw together was The Spy Love Me on this run, so we've skipped a few. I did manage to see A View to a Kill, but uh, we're looking forward to a bit of Pierce Brosnan action, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Cool, let's do it. We'll speak to you afterwards and let you know how it went. Hey, it's Sam here. I'm going to be watching Tomorrow Never Dies a little bit later. Couldn't go with the guys uh, from Wheel of 007 this week, unfortunately. So I'm just going to watch it by myself. Tomorrow Never Dies. It's interesting in the fact that I feel like it should be way better than it is. <laughs> which makes it sound like I hate it, which I absolutely don't. But I just feel like there's so many like missed opportunities in these things where if things were just tweaked or just a bit more time was taken or something was added i just feel like it could it could have been better and i know the production had some issues and whatnot and i think it does show i mean what we do end up seeing is great um at the moment in terms of my rankings and list it's it's the same number as it is 
the same official Bond film, 18. It's 18th on my list. Um, which by no means means that I think it's bad. I just think, you know, there's certain things that, that really work and then there's things where it's like, oh, well, that was, yeah, it was good, but it doesn't stand out as much. And I feel like I said last time for GoldenEye that every element was amazing, but they may not be like the number one. Um, I get a similar sense here, but I feel like everything in GoldenEye is much more, well, most things are more iconic. Like even the music, which I think is objectively better in Tomorrow Never Dies, I prefer the soundtrack from GoldenEye, which I know is, you know, a complete, you know, awful thing to say, apparently. Um, I prefer The World Is Not Enough um, if I'm going to pick a one Brosnan uh, soundtrack to listen to. I think the main thing that this gets is you know the action but even then you know i can say oh well, at least this one has you know a car chase it makes use of the main vehicle but is the bmw more iconic than a tank not really that that's the awful thing if if the bmw looks better <laughs> then you know i'd probably like enjoy it even more but i'd think you know that that whole scene with with the car is probably one of the best parts of the film the cast are, are quite strong again especially the the main the main actors i think jonathan price is excellent and in his own words delicious i think he eats up every scene and i think sometimes it's a detriment because he's so camp and when you go against some of the serious things in this film it's a bit jarring but so many bond films like that so i can't really complain about that i think he's let down by his henchmen um i don't think any of them are super iconic uh, Dr. Kaufman is, is great, but again, it, it's really jarring and it's very like a blink and you'll miss it. Like, he really isn't there for very long. Stamper is good. I think he's like, I think he's one of the better Red Grant clones. You know, I, th I would say he's better than a Kriegler, for example, and uh, Hans from You Only Live Twice, but still not in kind of like the upper echelons of, you know, Bond henchmen. And Mr. Gupta is just to me he's just a nobody i don't really care <laughs> about his character at all i just i just think it's a bit of a wasted potential with that um in terms of the other leads i mean brosnan is you know i think he looks maybe looks the best in this film i think just everything about him his demeanor his swagger his clothing everything just kind of works here i think he looks like bond which is obviously what's what we want from a James Bond is a little like Bond, but here I just think he oozes it, which is fantastic. Waylin, Michelle Yeoh, I mean, I don't think anyone does have a bad word to say about her. I mean, I would love to, I would love to hear if someone did, but I mean, I don't have one because I think she, again, she's excellent. I think the only thing that's wrong with the character is that she ends up kissing Bond at the end. And, you know, it happens and it's, it's fine. I don't, I'm not majorly upset or disappointed or anything like that. But just based on the relationship that they've built in the film, it just doesn't seem like she's interested that way. And of course, you go through an experience like that, you know, you may want to enjoy yourselves and then never speak about it, do anything about it again, and that's fine. But yeah, it just seems a bit weird for her character. Paris Carver, Terry Hatcher. So I am probably in the non-popular crowd here. I really like Terry Hatcher's performance and I really enjoy the character. I just wish there was more of her. Um, I think her exit from the film is just really weird. And it kind of, I just, I feel like it could have been a lot better. And I just think it's not, I've, I've written about, you know, the death of, you know, Bond girls and what's, you know, the loss of the, what, what the loss of the characters should be doing for the film. And I feel like Paris just isn't brought up again. And I think that's annoying. They should be more of a personal 
thing there for Bond. And I think, you know, something should be, during his conversation with, um, you know, Elliot, he should have been able to, you know, reference it, but it just doesn't happen, which is a shame. I would kind of think, you know, it could have been like, she could have been a Sylvia Trench or, you know, I did the Tomorrow Never Dies alternate, alternate opening with Timothy Dalton. I put Mariam Darbo in the role because I just feel like, you know, having someone who we've seen before could have been like a real moment. And I think, I think Mariam Darbo actually could have done well even if she was in this, even if it was with Pierce. But I feel like, it again, that would have been jarring because it wasn't with uh, Tim. But I I think it's a good character and I like that we have someone like that. It's good that someone from Bond's past can come back and, and them not necessarily be a good guy or a bad guy. They are just someone who's kind of caught in the middle. And unfortunately for, for Paris, she's with the wrong person. She's with the wrong man, man completely. And the fact that he so easily lets her die, I just think is just a bit upsetting. But, you know, it's what happens for the film to progress, I guess. Settings are great. I think we get some good locations here. Maybe not as iconic as others, but I think still very strong. The MI6 regulars are great. I think Money Penny does really good in this film again. Um, Judy Dench, I think, really solidifies her her boss power. I think uh, she does great. First appearance of Charles Robinson and love him. Colin Salmon does a really great job, and I think if if we can't have a Tanner in this film, then I think he is a great you know alternate uh, for him, and it's good that uh, he gets brought back. But again, I kind of wish that maybe we saw him a bit more in these films. But the the Brosnan era feels really short, even though there's four films. It just feels like so much is compacted into these few films that we have final thing and I, I, before i watched the film again but you know I, a lot of people have like talked about you know the title song and and what that does and you know whether it's a good or a bad one and you know in my opinion someone never dies by Sheryl crow is one of the best bond theme songs i i adore the song i think Sheryl crow Cheryl Cole, <laughs> lol. Uh, Cheryl Crow is great. I think, you know, her voice is just so different and unique. And I, th- I've, I get a bit of kind of like a Carly Simon vibe, but I just feel like the actual song is, is just excellent. I love the track. I love the music. I just love everything about it. You know, I think Surrender, Katie Langit is a great song, but, you know, for me, I get, you know, it kind of reminds me of the song um, <laughs> when the Simpsons do McBain and then there's that end title track. It's, it's kind of like similar to Austin Powers um evil song as well where it kind of it's very bondesque but it feels a bit parody i get that vibe from surrender not to knock it down or anything it is still great and i still enjoy it when i hear it but i just think show crow and her performance and her song is you know to me is someone ever dies and so it does makes me sad when people prefer surrender but you know it is what it is personal preference and the what could have been of course but yeah no i think that's everything to say for now um i'll be going in in a few hours and i will report back later Evacuated the area. Ask the Admiral where he'd like his bombs delivered. So yes, Lorenzo is back here and he's talking about Tomorrow Never Dies and I think this has got to be one of his favourite films, definitely, surely. Oh God, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies is one of my second favourite uh, Bond films in the uh, Bronx and Ever because uh, because the second film I saw on home video, of course, I think it's a fantastic, action-packed, exciting movie. I love the David Arnold score. 
the action sequence in the movie is A+. Plus. I mean, the pre-title sequence, the car chase, and the uh, hotel sequences. It's just an yeah. action-packed exciting thriller. It is, isn't it? And it does feel more like a sort of 90s action film than any of the others. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, and the big defender of Sheryl Crow and yeah. the Surrenders theme song by Kate Lane. I don't get the hate for the uh, Sheryl no. Crow theme song by fans. I think it's a great theme that fits the uh, story of the movie very well. Both two great songs, so why we don't need to have a go at them. We've, we're just glad to have them both, I think. Oh, yeah. I think they both are uh, fantastic songs and fit the movie very well. And I and played and I played the PlayStation 1 video game up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Ours, too. We never had that. Is it? Is it as good as GoldenEye on the N64, though? Uh, no, it is not. But as a third-person shooter on the PlayStation, it's very good. Could have been better if they went. And I know the I know the history about that game being a little bit rushed. Yes, because there was more things that supposed to be in that game, but they they kind of hurt rusty. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good classic game on the PlayStation. Because the film was a bit rushed, wasn't it? I know it took a. It was had to be filmed very quickly. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, I heard. I heard a lot of rumors about that. Uh, it was, the movie was rushed uh, behind the scenes of Tomorrow Never Dies. But it doesn't show. I think it. It seems. Great. It doesn't show. It feels like everybody get along very well in that movie. Uh, Brosnan and Terry Hatcher got really good chemistry in the film. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I love Eddie. I love Jonathan Price performance as Eddie Carver. I think he's one of the most entertaining campy yes villains in the series he he reminds me of a roger moore villain yeah he does, he, he does. yeah he very much so yeah he, he plays it so over the top but in a fun way yeah i think he's brilliant and way lynn what do you think about way lynn as the bond girl great sidekick character in the film she's great i think she could have had her own series you know like jinx was meant to have <laughs> i'm i said i'm fine with both of them having a yeah. uh, spin-off yeah what about paloma in <laughs> no time to die <laughs> oh god well, paloma's greatness <laughs> oh, okay, okay right. you, you like it good <laughs> One of the best things in the film, definitely. Yeah, I always pray just about that movie. The first half of that movie is great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just a shame that it ended that way. But we'll we'll see. We'll hopefully get a new Bond announced, won't we? By the end of the year, hopefully. <laughs> well, we gotta wait to twenty twenty five. Where Barbara Broccoli's oh, been saying. No. <laughs> no, we're gonna have to. Lorenzo, we'll go to London and we'll knock on the door at Pinewood and we'll we'll say, "What are you doing? Get on with it." <laughs> yeah, Bob Broccoli. What are you doing, Miss? <laughs> why are we? Why are you going out deep break? I understand what they're going through because of the uh situation they went through with Craig. I get that, yeah. but man, why we gotta wait another two years for another movie? I feel like I, I don't know. We don't know what direction to go yeah. with the series, and they kill out Bond. They don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what where I don't know where where can they go after that yeah. situation. Back to Tomorrow Never Dies. It was quite important as well because it's the first David Arnold soundtrack, and I wondered what you thought. Oh about God, that. he did a great job, and I do like it. It's in the DVD. You can like cut the uh like the auto off the music. I mean the uh, the sound and the music, and you can listen to the whole soundtrack of it. It is pretty cool. I did that one time watching the All movie. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the David Arnold soundtrack score on TND is greatness. I mean, <laughs> his action scenes in the uh car park. Yeah, it yeah. is one of the most amazing music in history. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> it's, and that I love that scene, and I love him with Q. Pierce is so good with Q, isn't it? Oh, they got great chemistry, yeah. Brosnan and Desmond. They got. They remind me of Roger Moore and you know the jokes, the humor, the way Bond very, very, the way I Roger Moore be doing with Bond and stuff. It just, it's so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like Stamper as well? 
on the right, yeah. Heat Grider yeah. is a henchman. Uh, he's on the right. Gus Otto, the actor who plays yep. him, I think he does a great job uh, playing Stampa. And Ricky J too. Uh, man, I hate this in the deleted scene. They gave him, they gave his character more stuff to do in the deleted scene. He got like a gimmick yeah. that he throws cards because the actor, like he's a magician, he yeah. had like throwing cards ability. They kind of put that in the deleted scene. I said, why oh, that was not in the movie? That's great. a super cool gimmick for him. <laughs> Hi guys, Steve here. Love the podcast. Usually listen to it in the car and obviously on the way to and from work. Well, I got to see Tomorrow Never Dies down at Surrey Keys this week. My wife was supposed to join me, but unfortunately she has a, a small urinary infection and had to miss this one, but I'm hoping she will be fighting fit for The World Is Not Enough. Uh, what can I say except I think this has to be Pierce Brosnan's finest hour as Bond. It's a great script with a great Bond girl and a terrific villain in Jonathan Price who looks like he's having the best time of his life on set. I think Stamper has to be one of the strongest henchmen of the series and certainly a vast improvement on, on Necros from Living Daylights. Uh, the film is simply wall-to-wall -wall action. I've always been fascinated by that car park scene, uh, starting with the car being operated by the phone, then Bond driving it from the back seat, only to be shot at constantly, to the rockets blowing up the car, then the spikes burst the tyres, then the rocket doesn't take out the door, so Bond has to head for the roof, but then the spikes flatten his tyres, but then they, they reinflate, obviously, then he goes up another floor and cuts the barbed wire with a saw, resulting in being able to jump out of the car unnoticed, then and he drives the car remotely up to the roof where he drives the, drives the car off the ramp and uh, into a car hire shop. It's simply fantastic. Hope everyone else enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm very much looking forward to The World's Not Enough. Cheers, guys. So you watched Tomorrow Never Dies last night, Lorenzo. You watched it on your home video or your DVD? DVD Blu-ray DVD, yes, last night. Yeah. And, uh, man, I would say this. I had a fun time watching Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies... To me, one of the most entertaining, enjoyable, action-packed, exciting two hours of a movie. I love it. I think the action scenes in the movie is fantastic. I love the pre-title sequence. Pierce Brosnan is great in it. I love Eddie Carver as the villain. He can't be over the top, but fun. Like the dialogue, like Michelle Yeoh as Waylon, her and Bond are great partners together. The Dave Arnold soundtrack store is fantastic in the movie. I like the angle between Bond and Paris. Terry Hatch and Pierce Brown got underrated chemistry, but I buy yeah. I buy the storyline in the movie. It's very interesting. And uh Eddie Carver's Evil Steam is uh entertaining and Jonathan Price performance is A plus. The stunt works in it incredible. I love Cheryl Crow things on the opening title sequence. Daniel Kleiman title sequence is just incredible i mean tomorrow never dies is a fun entertaining enjoyable movie i love it so much from the bottom of my heart one of my childhood favorites <laughs> i just love to hear the enthusiasm for it lorenzo and uh, me too i that's the movie i've been wanting to get praised for years because it's always overlooked by a lot of bond fans in the series but it's such an entertaining uh film i love it i think it's perfect i think it's perfect in my it is for what it's trying to do because i think most Bond fans' favorite Pierce film is Goldeneye, and then they almost forget yeah. the others, but they're all I think it's the stigma people do. They say Goldeneye is the best, and they say all his others are not that good or bad strips and bad direction. I disagree with all the people. I think each of his films got better and better 
And I and one thing I did like about tomorrow that I like they pay homages to the Roger Moore era. Bras and films pay homages to the Connery and Roger Moore era so well. You can sense the fun, like Brosnan and, and uh, Desmond Wedding with the BMW car. You that is Roger Moore scene in its greatness, <laughs> the humor in it. Grow up, Douglo Seven. <laughs> the, the chemistry. I love their chemistry, Brosnan and Desmond. It, it come out like Roger Moore from Octopussy or something yes. like that. Or those, those scenes. It reminds me of that so much of the fun. Oh. oh man, the action again, in it, it's the action. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I, I watch it again. Uh, it's great, man. I love it. So, how many times do you reckon you've watched Tomorrow Never Dies, Lorenzo? I've seen it a lot in my lifetime. <laughs> I've seen it a lot of time. I play. I'm. I played the video game on the PlayStation One of it a million times. Uh, I've seen on home video a million times when I saw it. I've seen it a million times. Every time on TV, I would watch oh. it. It's. It's just an entertaining. Like Calvin Dyson said his in his review, it's it's a fun Saturday Saturday Sunday entertainment relaxing Bond film. It is. We we don't have to have a very you know serious storyline where Bond you know is having a personal connection to it. Even though we it's do a have standalone movie, yeah, it's yeah, a standalone movie. Yeah. And do you like the the fact that they brought a character like Terry Hatcher to suggest that Bond has had a past with her? Loved uh, underrated performance by her. I think she does a great job with the performance in the film. I think Harvey Brosnan got underrated chemistry. I buy their scenes at the at the Cobbler's party at the uh in the film and they love scene later on, uh even though Brosnan with the biting. But <laughs> but uh I love it. I think their chemistry is very good in the movie and, and I and I buy that angle in the film. Bond had no feelings towards it when when he when he get revenge on her and yeah. I oh yeah. Jay Moby and I talk about Dr. Kaufman, one of the most favorite characters in the movie. Uh, I love Dr. Kaufman. He's so entertaining. I love Bond getting revenge for Paris Carver. Yeah. Uh, it is so entertaining. Well, when they showed it, apparently, they showed it in on English television on Saturday night. They cut yeah. out the when he shoots Kaufman. They cut that out. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Not even, it's not even that violent of a scene. He just shot him in the head, falls down. Yeah, you don't see it, do you? you know. <laughs> not like Wilson Crest getting his head exploded. Yeah, that's not even a violent scene. He just shot him, he falls down. How how often is it on American TV? Um, um so, not that much. Not that much. Uh, I know sometimes the Bond films play on like sometimes on HBO or Cinemax when they like on for free sometimes, but not that much. Yeah. But you, you've got them on Blu-ray, so you can watch them whenever you want them. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I, I, still, I still got the VHS DVD blockbuster of Tomorrow oh. Never Dies. I rented years ago. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you managed to see any of the, the Bond films at the cinema, Lorenzo? I never. I missed them all when I was young. My parents were busy yeah, yeah. at the time. I missed them all. We know you missed No Time to Die, but that was probably a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad I missed it. I don't know. If I went to see that, I don't know I could have taken seeing Bond died, I think I would have been very emotional. I don't know I would have took that that ending scene. <laughs> it was very weird watching it. Because there were rumours, obviously, that they were going to do that. But... Yes, I remember the room, but I didn't want to believe it. I said, no. I don't think they would do it. I don't think they would. I didn't want to believe that. Because I don't think, why would, Brock, she wouldn't dare do that. She wouldn't dare do that. Cubby Brock, Cubby wouldn't I don't know, that. he he wouldn't want that. He, oh. he, I don't think I said about Cody Brock. He obviously, he, Bond films probably be for escapism. 
Povey for entertainment yeah. uh, fantasy. We want we want to believe that Bond would overcome the odds, win, get the girl, and move on to the next adventure. It's always been that way. I know this is a reboot. I know this is Daniel Craig. They got to do their own thing, but I just I just don't like killing off the character. That's preposterous. We know exactly where that ship was positioned. The GPS system, global positioning satellites, do not lie. Yes, but our Singapore station picked up a mysterious signal on the GPS frequency at the time of the attack. He could have sent that ship off course. I have a missing British frigate. I'm aware of that. And instead of decisive action, all you want to do is investigate. My goal is to prevent World War Three, Admiral. And I don't think sending an armada into the recovery area is the best way to do it. Where exactly did this mysterious GPS signal come from? We We're still investigating. Investigating? With all due respect, Tim, sometimes I don't think you have the balls for this job. Perhaps. But the advantage is I don't have to think with them all the time. Hi everyone, it's David from Licensed to Queer. Tomorrow Never Dies was the second Bond film I saw in the cinema when I was 15 years old. It was the one I bought on X-Rental VHS because I was impatient for the commercial release. The one I bought again on commercial VHS in an oversized box set with a making of book and supposedly limited edition storyboard. It was one of the, my first DVDs which I bought not only on original release but also again in the 20 film box set ahead of Casino Royale. Oh and of course I own it on Blu-ray. I have at least five copies. I own the soundtracks, both releases, the Amiga Watch, the Turbulent Acid Tie from the Hamburg Breaking and Backseat Driver scenes. In short, I'm obsessed with Tomorrow Never Dies. Fortunately, so is my husband. It's our go-to Bond film for comfort viewing, and it's constantly vying with a view to a kill for our most played Bond film. There's nothing better than hitting play on Tomorrow Never Dies and ordering a takeaway to arrive in the middle of the film. Any one of Chinese, Malaysian or Thai takeaways are appropriately matched to the film's setting, location or cast. Seeing Tomorrow Never Dies in the cinema for the first time in nearly 25 years recently was a, a chance to be teased and tantalised with a group of like-minded people who could, if they wanted to, quote every line as we could. And although that might have seemed like a delicious proposition, we were mostly well behaved. Well, we are British after all. That didn't stop several of us whooping loudly when Dame Judy owned the Situation Room by telling the Admiral that Bond was doing his job. It's one of the few permissible breaches of cinema-going etiquette in my book. I explored Tomorrow Never Dives in detail in my queer review of the film, one of the most in-depth of all the pieces I've written for LicensedToQueer.com. In that, I explored the film as a work of fantasy, which we can project ourselves into, however masculine we do or do not feel. A bond we might actually want to be is at the centre of this film, I think. I explored how Brosnan's bond and several of the other characters feel very performative, Again, giving queer audiences a way into the film. I explored how Bond's allies are like family of the chosen or found variety in the absence of blood relations. How this film started what I have elsewhere termed the Samantha Bond Moneypenny Masturbation Trilogy. If you want my hot take on the film, it's that Elliot Carver is one of the best Bond villains. Tomorrow Never Dies is a breathlessly fast film, but if you pause and think about Carver's prescient plan... It's horrifying in its ramifications. Who on earth would not have some form of manipulation from Elliot Carver? What would Carver do with his big brother-like power? Who might be his target? Would it be a group of people? For someone like me, belonging to a minority group, the implications are quite chilling. 
And yet Carver is also deliciously, hilariously camp throughout, with Jonathan Price not just eating the scenery, but practically licking the plate afterwards. And I could talk all day about the awesome Wei Lin and Stamper. He's received more than his fair share of my um, critical attention over the years. What a beefcake. But I'll leave it there, at least for now. You can read the rest of my thoughts at licensedgreer.com if you wish. In the meantime, I hope seeing Tomorrow Never Dies in the cinema made even more people love it, just as I do. Hi guys, Matt Wood here from Shaken Not Stead. Back, obviously, from the screening from of Tomorrow Never Dies. Absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. First time for me on the big screen, um, as I missed out on it. I was yeah, a lot younger then, too young to watch it at the cinemas. But it was absolutely fantastic. And that's ticked all my Brosnan boxes, seeing all the Brosnans on the big screen now. Really, really enjoyable. And actually, it's great to see a full house there. It's great to see loads, loads of people in there. Um, and lots of appreciation for the film as well. Um, obviously, there's some great lines in that film, mostly from um, Dr. Kaufman's scene. That really went down a storm, that one did. Um, and there's things I noticed that I didn't notice before. Obviously, you've got the tiger in the background, or animal, whatever animal he's in the background, when Bond is getting the car from Q, the BM. I've never noticed that before, and it's strange. Them small things on the big screen really stand out. Gerard Butler's uh, scene really stands out more, a lot more. Not sure if it's because we're more aware of it, but when I watched it previous times, I never really took notice, but you could really notice it now. And it's strange because with regards to sound, I mean, soundtrack was absolutely amazing hearing that and the sound effects, but there was, I don't know if you, you guys felt the same, but Bond and Whaling on the boat, the humming, Oh my goodness, it was like I was on the boat with them. You know, that was uh, towards the end of the film, the finale. You know, that sound was there. But yeah, no, no, I watched, I watched uh, I'm a local cinema world in Las Vegas. Not as glamorous location as it sounds, but you know, it was fantastic to see it. Looks a bit dated now, but technology 25 years ago was a lot different. And honestly, I enjoyed it more than the previous few Daniel Craig films, if I'm being completely honest, because it's more fun, more enjoyable. It's just classic Bond, isn't it? You know, it's what I grew up with. Yeah, it was great for nostalgia, but yeah, would love to hear your thoughts. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wouldn't be surprised if it topped the box office record and beats Goldeneye. But yeah, roll on. The world's not enough. Fantastic stuff. Trevor Baxendale here, fresh out of Tomorrow Never Dies, which is Brosnan's Bond at his absolute coolest. A turn which, quite seriously, no one could improve on. Smooth, tough, resourceful, witty, and physically the epitome of Fleming's 007 on paper. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tomorrow Never Dies has the confidence of both a bigger budget, 
courtesy of the much cheaper GoldenEye's monumental success and, crucially, its star. Eon Productions knew they had a diamond in Brosnan, the perfect bond for any man or woman, and a superb, trustworthy ambassador for the series. In Tomorrow Never Dies, Brosnan builds on the basics he's laid down so successfully in his debut, but adds some new velvety layers. He's brilliant and smouldering in every scene with Paris. He's superb with Kaufman and an absolute blast in the car park carnage. But one of Tomorrow Never Dies' very greatest assets is actually the score. David Arnold's Bond debut being a 007 tour de force. I can't wait for next week. Roll on, the world is not enough. I didn't want to discuss it in front of the minister, but that mysterious signal came from one of Carver's satellites. PM would have my head if he knew you were investigating him. I'm sending you to Hamburg, 007. We've arranged for you to be invited tonight to a party at Carver's media center. They're celebrating the launch of a new satellite because now he has the ability to reach every human being on the Earth. Except the Chinese, who've refused broadcast rights. James, your ticket, cover story, and rental car reservation. Sign here, please. I believe you once had a relationship with Carver's wife, Paris. That was a long time ago, Em. Before she was married. I didn't realize it was public knowledge. Queen and country, James. Your job is to find out whether Carver or someone in his organization sent that ship off course and why. Use your relationship with Mrs. Carver, if necessary. I doubt if she'll remember me. Remind her. Then pump her for information. You'll just have to decide how much pumping is needed, James. If only that were true of you and I, Moneypenny. Hi, it's Steve Clamp again here with son Ben, and we've just come out from Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, ben, what did you think? It was awesome. Cool, yeah. what did you like? The action scenes, very action-packed the whole way through. Yeah, and uh, have you seen Pierce Brosnan's Bond before? I know you've seen him in films, but have you seen him as Bond? I don't think so. What did you think of him? Pretty good. Yeah, good, okay. I, I thought it was great to see it on the big screen. I'll, I'll give it some thought and do some proper recording later, but I do think the pre-title sequence is possibly one of the best. I mean, before the music even kicks in, you've got such a big action scene, haven't you, with the planes and the bombs and the, just all going on. Yeah, immediately throws you into the action. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was not too long, because films are often, for me, they're a bit long films. I, I managed to get through a whole film without actually going to the toilet, which is, for me, quite an achievement. That's just because you're old. It's just because just I'm old. OK, yeah, I shall let it sink in um, a bit. Uh, one thing I will just say, I thought some of the dark scenes had a bit of noise on the film. Don't know what that was all about. Anyway, right, I'll give it some thought and I'll come back to you. But anyway, Ben and I are giving it a big thumbs up for now. Hello, this is Gary Kay. Just been and seen Tomorrow Never Dies on the big screen for the first time in... 25 years um last saw it in 1997 on its original release i only saw it the once then based on tonight's viewing i really don't understand why i only saw it once because it was absolutely superb seeing it on the big screen this evening absolutely blew me away it's now my favorite of Brosnan's films um I thought he was so much more at ease in the role than he was in Goldeneye um last week script was much much better than I remember it being uh, the villain it was much better written than I 
remember it being. Maybe it's because it just seems more relevant now with um, the character being the head of this corporation, this very evil character with um, surrounding himself by equally evil and malicious people and um, protecting himself behind a wall of security. And um, just, I just thought Jonathan Price was a lot better as well as the villain than I remember him being. I was very impressed with all the cast. Um, as I said, I thought Pierce was superb in the role. Not only did he look the part this time, but he looked the part in GoldenEye. But for me, he was much more at ease in the role this time. Um, there were more subtleties in his characterization of Bond. I really believed he was an aspect of Bond. And I thought that he drew some of the, um, and made it work, some of the aspects of the um, the humour that Roger Moore brought into the role. But also there were elements he brought into it himself. Um, he just made the role his own. And um, really have to give respect to the man. I thought he did a very good job uh, in the film. And Michelle Yeoh. Uh, as I mentioned um, previously at the beginning, before seeing the film, I've always respected her as an actress. I thought she, I think she's excellent, and obviously she um, has these martial arts skills as well. And my goodness, they're really put to some good use in the film. And I thought the chemistry between her and Piers Brosnan was really, really strong. I thought the scenes that they had together were absolutely superb just worked very very well terry hatcher played a a decent um role in the film as um carver's wife one of the moments that i thought was quite moving was um when bond discovers her um, body in his hotel room and pierce's reaction without saying anything um i thought very believable natural reaction um you could see grief behind his eyes and there was just that element of compassion um that you saw in bond you saw towards the end of roger's time as bond beautifully played by pierce in that scene really enjoyed pierce's um portrayal of bond throughout the entire film i just thought he absolutely nailed it one of the other main triumphs of tomorrow never dies that i have to mention is david arnold's score my goodness he's a very very worthy successor for john barry um he like john barry before him um i love the fact that not only does he use the james bond theme at key moments throughout the film but also more importantly he uses an instrumental version of the main one of the main songs for the film surrender and um has variations of it throughout the film there's some absolutely gorgeous variations of that song played throughout tomorrow never dies and what david arnold does so absolutely brilliantly with his score is he makes the scenes that much better than they would be without that music playing um he really elevates everything and um really helps to drive the action along um, with his score, exactly the way that John Barry did before him. Superb work by um, David Arnold, and I really hope that E.ON have the good sense to bring him back for the next James Bond film. Really enjoyed Cheryl Crow's main title theme, and um, 
thought it sounded so much better through the cinema sound system than just listening it to, to it at home um, on a CD. Having said that, KD Lang's fantastic rendition of Surrender at the end of the film just sounded phenomenal through a cinema sound system. And I'm so glad that David Arnold went with that song rather than Cheryl Crow's song as the one that he uses as a main theme throughout to the film. Um, just works beautifully and it's and um, as I said Katie Lang her voice is just stunning it just sounded so good through the cinema sound system this evening such an excellent way to end the film just a beautiful way to end such a great glorious film um, I just love the humor that was peppered throughout in the script and everybody that had something comedic to play in the film did such a great job even Judy Dench gets a couple of moments as M where people were laughing out loud I know that I laughed out loud lots of times throughout the film um Pierce played the comedic lines as I mentioned earlier extremely well in the film and um even Michelle Yeoh gets some um, her moments in the film as well just a great cast Great film, great script, great music to go with it. It was just a fantastic night out watching Bond on the big screen. An excellent example of how to do modern James Bond on the big screen. So glad I went this evening. And as I've mentioned, Tomorrow Never Dies is now my favourite of Piers Brosnan's films excellent film i'm very tempted now to go and see the world is not enough um possibly next week at the cinema i know that it's unlikely to surpass tonight i do however like the pre-title sequence for that film there's also the skiing sequence in the film with the parahawks which i enjoy and um david arnold's score so looking forward to seeing that next week on the big screen hope you all had a fantastic night out watching tomorrow never dies this week those of you that have ventured to the cinema and hope that you all felt as rewarded as i did this evening by going to see it on the big screen thanks again to the excellent really 007 podcast crew for putting out these great podcasts as well as the interviews that you put out all the best everyone if you just sign here mr bond <clears throat> it's the insurance damage waiver for your beautiful new car will you need collision coverage yes fire probably Property destruction? Definitely. Personal injury? I hope not, but accidents do happen. They frequently do with you. Well, that takes care of the normal wear and tear. Do I need any other protection? Only from B007, unless you bring that car back in pristine order. Shall we? Shall we? Your new BMW 750. All the usual refinements. Machine guns, rockets, the GPS tracking system. Welcome. Please fasten seatbelt and obey all instructions for a safe trip. Thought you'd pay more attention to a female voice. I think we've met. I am not interested in your sordid escapades. Let's get on with it, shall we? Your new telephone. Talk here, listen here. 
So that's what I've been doing wrong all these years. <laughs> Look, it also includes a fingerprint scanner and a 20,000 volt security system. And this I'm particularly proud of. The remote control for your car. Tap twice. One, two. Now, draw your finger very slowly across the pad to drive the car. It's surprisingly difficult to mm. drive, but uh, with practice. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see how she responds to my touch, eh, Q? Understand each other. <laughs> Grow up, 007. Tomorrow will arise. Uh, <laughs> today's news tomorrow. My word. Tomorrow's news. Today. Sorry, tomorrow's news today. Yeah. No, no. Well, it wasn't there was something about the title. It was meant to be tomorrow will arise, and yeah, then yeah. someone misread it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Not. I think someone, you know, made an error in and put it as yeah. dies and they said oh actually yeah, yeah. tomorrow never lies makes more sense than tomorrow never dies they're both good yeah yeah like license revoked like them both yeah. like the songs tomorrow never dies like them both yeah <laughs> so guys yes Any, anything new I mean it was a very loud uh, screening in terms of the sound goodness me I mean, it's a very no time to die machine gun heavy Bond yeah. film, isn't it? It's a very machine gun heavy Bond film. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. never compare it to No Time. Right, good. I've come out with a smile on my face. Yeah. The time flew, didn't it? Yeah. It's just oh, so easy to watch. You've seen the shortest one yes. so far. By a mile. Yes. Yeah, really the good. first half is like standard pace and everything. But when it gets to Saigon or whatever, it just, oh, yeah. it's nearly done, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it is. I mean, I know there was a lot of issues on the um, actual set, wasn't there? And it was, it was, um, it was a difficult film production and I know that there's a lot of editing and piecing together to make mm. a cohesive story of what they do but actually it works brilliantly yeah it, you know the story because the story is very basic yeah the action tells the story really yeah, a lot does. of it and I I think it's just such an easy watch oh it really <laughs> is it is yeah I, you know I don't know I don't know if there's anything massively new but, no. but there are a few pieces of music that you yeah. know, I'm so familiar with the soundtrack that yeah. the, the, there was a piece with Wei Lin when she's like setting up her or when you yeah. see her in you know in Saigon and her a few Oriental office. pieces and then not and then I think it, I think it was a version of Surrender but yeah. when they're you know on the boat mm. like the lovely jazz bass yeah. yeah yeah uh, why are they not really on the soundtrack that before, but yeah. yeah I don't know. Look, both were lovely. I like the score a lot. I think oh, yeah, yeah. I really do. I, I mean, Arnold takes that Barry thing of weaving the, what he thought was the title song into the yeah. score a lot of the time, yeah, yeah. and he does it well. He uses the Bond theme a lot, possibly too much yeah. for my liking, I'd say. But uh, I like what he does, and I'd much prefer this than what we've had. <laughs> well, Thomas Newman stuff, the Thomas Newman yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like the score. Um, it really shone through. It was the good. Paris uh, Carver themes, love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a guitar version of it. 
the, the sort yeah, of Spanish guitar. I think this was one of you certainly got it the the soundtrack. Yeah, on yeah, CD. we were listening to it a lot. Of didn't the, we? One of the first yes. soundtracks yeah. we ever got. For some reason, we didn't get the Goldeneye. We got the. De- I think it was because we. Well, were, I can tell you well, why yeah, we didn't get yeah, the Goldeneye yeah. soundtrack. I think it was <laughs> the whole <laughs> the David Arnold propeller heads. We were obsessed with yeah. that, and then this came out. We were pleased that he was doing it, and we used a lot of the tracks for our own Bond film. We did. Yes. The, the Hamburg break in, Hamburg break out. Yeah. And of course, famously, Matt. Spencer McDonald on uh, Key 103 kept using Hamburg break out uh, in the background of his. He uh, did, yeah. Every morning, yeah. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, yeah. Pete Bond, it was everywhere, wasn't it? It was, it was. I'm pretty sure that soundtrack's discontinued now. Really? Yeah, pretty sure you can't really pick it up. Yeah, mate. They never released it on vinyl. You can't get it on vinyl. So many tricks missed, aren't there? It's really popular soundtrack. So I've seen David Arnold talk about it on Twitter as well. And he, because the Casino Royale one, that's been released on vinyl. Yeah. But none of the Brosnan ones are on vinyl. Yeah. Right? Campaign to get them oh, on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 60th anniversary, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Goldie's record player's yeah. empty of uh, David Arnold. Right now, yeah. I do, I, you know, I've got fondness for all these films, but I remember this one I went to, my mate Ben's. Well, I told him that yeah. I think this was coming out on either the same day as he intended to have his birthday party, so I was like. We well, we can this. go to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we did. Yeah, because you'd seen it before all of us, which was an amazing, yeah, yeah. privileged position. Yeah, I saw it on Friday. I think you went to see it on Sunday. Yeah. Can you remember who I saw it with? I don't know. Not Daniel? I, could have been, yeah. I don't know. But Daniel Barrow. I, do, I, do, yeah. I love the fact that it is, you know, it's so easy to watch. It's by the numbers. Absolutely. You know, in some ways, I mean, I'm not saying it would be the same thing, but it would have been good if Daniel Craig had had... Yeah. Something like this after Casino Royale, you know. I mean, not, you know, not yeah. exactly the same, but something just more. Yeah. I don't know. Steady and less like personal just, or whatever. Just giving you space to be Bond as opposed yes. to having yeah. to delve into yeah. everything. There is I'd... one line actually I didn't realise that near the end they sort of say, I think it's Whaling System, don't make it about revenge or something. You know, for Paris. If it's well, is it him? No, is it, if it depends if it's uh, Re- your yeah. mission is peace or revenge. Yeah, yeah. So there yeah. is a lot. There's a little bit of. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there is the, and the and personal is, thing with the. With he Paris is devastated, Garvin, isn't he? It's just oh, yeah, for this yeah. film. It's not like it doesn't affect the plot really. No. Greater. You know. Tell you what, something I noticed that's funny. In the last film, Bond calls the villain by his first name because he knows him. Yeah. In this one, he calls him Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he keep calling him Elliot? You know, in every other Bond Maybe film, he's on TV so introduces himself as Elliot. No, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Because the, um, the news presenter who mocks Carver yeah. when... Um, we didn't do it. Yeah, we yeah. didn't do it. I'm sorry, Elliot. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like known as his, his... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just find that quite fascinating. Speaking of Elliot Carver, I'm going to yes. I'll, I'll fly the flag for Elliot Carver yeah. every day. I don't care, mate. He's in my, he's in, he's in my top ten villains. I love oh, he must be that. Yeah, I... He's one of the most yeah. enjoyable, isn't he, to oh, watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. The most fun villain. Yeah. It is pantomime, but it's it works in the pantomime. film. It does. I know Anthony Hopkins was possibly meant to be the villain. I mean, he, he can do pantomime as well. He'd have been oh, great. Oh, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. But, like, you know, Jonathan Price, it works really well, though. Yeah. He, he's this guy who's just obsessed with wanting to conquer the globe, yeah. you know, yeah. media-wise. And I buy it. Do you love his sort of oriental suit as well? Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember in the, no, the Raymond Benson novelisation, I think he explained all that and explained his background more. And oh. that, again, how good reading that, tying it in oh. with the novel, it's so yeah. good. Additional scenes, love scene before the end as well, on the huh. boats, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe, maybe the public would have bought that. 
But, well, yeah, what, what do you think about the, the romance and all that? A lot's said and a lot's... Some say they should have just left it without it, but I'm well, not yeah, sure. This is Why time can't when, they do it? Yeah. You know, when Bond films, they are following a formula, so the, yeah. the formula is that he ends up with, a, uh, you know, a woman, a, a girl, and we see that in the next film perhaps even more so yeah, that yeah. maybe he should have been left. But, I don't know, you know, they're both... They're both seemingly, you know, a bit attracted to each other. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the most amazing chemistry in the world, but they're both there. They've, they've, they've got they've, a good banter, though, haven't they? Yeah, they, they have, and, <laughs> and they're both completed this mission successfully together. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, why not? Yeah, I'm yeah. you not. Because we've said, and we say this in the right way, this is a by-the-numbers Bond film, it'd be completely left field to finish, <laughs> yeah, to finish yeah. them with them not getting yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like what every Bond yeah. I mean it's interesting to know that like Tomorrow Never Dies was released either the same week or the week before Titanic yeah so mm. so they were both like you know and, and so I think Tomorrow Never Dies might be the only Bond film that didn't come in at number one at the box yeah, office yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. interesting yeah. That, yeah. you know one, one, one of these films finishes with a very romantic scene with a man <laughs> yes, and a woman yes. uh, in the water <laughs> holding on <laughs> and the other one's Titanic yeah yeah very good <laughs> And there's another link. Lee Sheward worked on both of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah check out our interview with him. Yeah, absolutely. Did he enjoy his fight and uh, yeah. death? Love it was a really good scream, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And he did a lot of the underwater photography, of course. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Which, again, you've, is, a lot of it is few eyes only, me and John said. Yeah. You know, the finding the dead people on the ship, yeah. the ship scenes themselves. Yeah. It feels very old school Bond, just underwater scenes. Very, very Least, we did get some of that in No Time to Die, which was which was quite refreshing. Yeah, actually. yeah, a little bit. Would have been good to see him in scuba gear. Yeah, yeah. Ever... And the Admiral, we thought yeah, maybe they would get the Admiral, but lovely. And again, I hadn't really. I think I'd sort of subconsciously realised it, but Bond in the the best clothes ever and the most yeah. smartest is meant juxtaposed with Wade, who's just oh, yeah, yeah. on holiday clothes. Shirt. Yeah, no. shows Jeremy Pepper it's, clothes. It's I think Brosnan's clothing is phenomenal in this film. Yeah, yeah, we've got the commander stuff, but very few people look so good in a baggy blue shirt. Yeah, like, I know. You know floppy it's hair, such a, like canvas shoes, and yeah. yeah. But Waylon's wearing the same clothes. It's so weird, isn't it? Oh, Just yeah. a red shirt. Yeah, I love. And uh, if if you listen to the the best stunts episode, John Orty will tell you how they filmed the motorcycle chase yeah. with the arms. Yes. So it was a fake yeah. arm, wasn't it? Around and yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, that's the, the well the chase brilliant. the chase before brilliant. seemed longer and more to oh, it yeah. almost quite jungle in places the, a bit the action in this film is yeah, really is. really good yeah. I think you know I think it's been said by others maybe just it's not quite you know it's just too much of a shootout at the end rather than yeah. you know incredible action that you've not seen before but on the whole it's, it's absolutely magnificent you get a base like yeah, Goldeneye yeah, you, you know and I love yeah. it I mean, by the numbers yeah yeah I think I think Give me those numbers. I think people underrate it because there's too much action. Like, yeah, so yeah, I, I do, yeah. because at the end of yeah. the day, in a lot of films, the Vietnam bike chase is the yeah. be-all and end-all yeah, yeah. Um, action scene. And don't get me wrong, it's phenomenal, but you've already had a remote-controlled BMW, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is unbelievable. You've had a ridiculous pre-title scene as well. Yeah. You know, there is so much action going on in this film. Yeah. You've even had Bond having, like proper fist fight as well with the bouncers really yeah, old school but it's, it, yeah. it's got everything you want in terms of action yeah. in this film and they have comedy within the action like John Glendon so they got the cello yeah. you know being hit in the room 
some of the things like when he lands the the, <laughs> the bike going over the helicopter yeah. you know a couple yeah, shagging yeah. basically <laughs> it's true no one ever no one never heard that mentioned yeah. but that is that is very 80s bomb isn't it it's very yeah it's a throwback it is which is nice it is much of it is yeah and it worked yeah so uh, by the time you hear this we'll have hopefully seen or heard our interview with Stamper and he he was in. He was in it a bit more than I remember. Yeah, actually. maybe. Yeah, he's in it right so. at the start. Well, the he's in, yeah, just yeah, after the just after the yeah title sequence. And well, he obviously one of the few to last longer than the main villain. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, the people who were like the highest billing on this take yeah. away Brosnan and Jonathan Fry. Terry Hatch is not in that much. I no, say no. Stampers in more than Terry. Yeah, Hatch. definitely. Yeah. Joe Dombeek is very high. Stampers in far more. No. Than oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think he is higher up at the end. I think he's about six, which is probably right. not that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. He's in it more consistently than Wayne Lynn is. Wayne Lynn, when she comes, yeah, he's massive right at the end, yeah. but he's in it throughout. Um, I, I think he does a great job. He does, yeah, yeah. he does. I think, he, I think people would remember him a bit more if he had like a significant calling card or a significant, yeah. like just being, you know, I'm big, I'm long, yeah, yeah. I'm German or something, yeah. but, you know, which is really good. But I think people would probably remember him more if he yeah. had a, like... Because he, he's sort of copying Kaufman's, he's being scored, isn't he? Well, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, there is that. But he doesn't, like, have a unique weapon of, no. of his own or, a, you know, killing method of his own. But there is a WC where he <laughs> stamps someone to death. Really, yeah. So, right. the, you know the bit it's where... It's pretty babyish. It's very babyish. And I asked, when I asked Stamper about it, he was like, no, I'm glad it went out. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're not good to that that one? No. no. <laughs> in that really dry German kind of yeah you know. he's totally different obviously in yeah, real life yeah. you know he's obviously a very engaging sort of not a man of few words at all yeah. and not blonde hair you do, oh, you do yeah. realise it is dyed yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah Terry Hatch I thought she was fine I thought she was great yeah, I, I think she's fine because she's, she's in it a lot when she's in it and then she's not in it but John you're not a oh no I've got I've not got a problem yeah. with it I think I think a lot of people get very snobby with some yeah. of the and stuff, but unfairly, they like they start going on. Oh, well, they got all the obvious '90s TV people, yeah, like, yeah, like Terry Hatcher or Denise Richards. Yeah, but they did that in the '80s too. Yeah, with Tanya yeah. Rich Roberts, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes think we just get incredibly snobby about things. Well, yeah, and then by the same today, token, yeah. now they go a bit too far in that they yeah. just get whoever won the last best Oscar. Yeah. You know, Exactly. As, a, as a male villain, you know. Precisely. I have no problem with Paris Carr. I don't think her and Brosnan are the best chemistry, but I don't think it takes away from anything. No, no. You know? It does work, and I, I do. I just love the fact that in the Kaufman that it's already on the news. I know it's a prototype, yeah. but yeah, it's such it's a good really, way to really the original way to introduce him. Just that, him being in yeah, he walks in and, and yeah, it's really good. And he does. He does say go and stuff, but she doesn't. She doesn't need to. She does help him. Yeah. It's crucial to do that yeah. yeah and it's I keep saying A to B to C to D they follow the plot the plot's pretty easy as we said so to think that it took ages to you know film it and get yeah, it right yeah, and, and stuff to change everything it seems and... perfectly well, and the script's really funny there's loads of good the dialogue with you know Money Penny M Jeffrey yeah. Palmer's terrific <laughs> I, I, I love it the script is really interesting it's written by Bruce Fierstein yeah and plays like a video game like yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. did the video game scripts right. and I think it plays like different that. levels because there's so much action in it but I love that yeah I've not got, you know I, yeah. I think it's 
it's logical. I'm quite a simple person, me. I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to hear. I don't want to be thinking like what fits here, what fits there. I just want to be entertained for two yeah. hours. You know what I mean? And the purists will say, "Will hate this," but next one, give us Henry Cavill doing a Tomorrow Never Dies basic style Bond film. The audience, the wide audience, will absolutely love it, yeah. and they'll thank us for it. Yeah. They will. Absolutely. Some great action, great stunts. Yeah. Decent villain. Yeah. Jobs are good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sign we'll, him up. Sign him up, yeah. <laughs> we will look forward to what you other people have, have, have uh, Ooh, said yeah, about this. I'm slightly worried it's going to be a bit more negative than the last few, isn't it, I think. But we'll see, we'll see. People like David Lobrigelis. It's one of his favourite yeah. films, isn't yeah. it? He loves the underdog and, you know, that's, that's what well, I yeah, do as well. There is some yeah. love for this film. Yeah. I think, tw- like I say, Twitter mentions it a lot more than mm. Will Is It Enough, even. Yeah, oh, Goldeneye, yeah, Goldeneye, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated. Mm. I think that's it for us three, isn't it? No more of our crew seeing it. I doubt it. Yeah. yeah I can't see it. And uh, we promise to go and watch all the other ones uh, in the next few weeks, if we can. <laughs> I'm going to commit these lads to it now. Uh, I, I will certainly do it, three of them. Yeah. But John, I'm afraid to say, is missing one of his favourites. The Bastion. John is the Bastion of the World Is Not Enough and he's missing it. Oh, no. So it's harrowing. But we will be there. Tuesday. Really fighting your battle with that one. Yeah. Lorenzo is going to be giving his thoughts on that as yeah. well. So Zero. we will do it justice. But from here, Berry, tomorrow never dies. It's been a brilliant night. Another great night's entertainment. Absolutely. Delicious. Hello? Is this thing on? <clears throat> My name is Dr. Kaufman, and I'm a professor of forensic medicine. This is actually very embarrassing. I feel like an idiot. I don't know what to say. My art used to be in great demand, yeah? I went all over the world. I was especially good at the celebrity overdose. But now it seems times have changed for the worse. There's less of a demand for getting rid of unwanted people. The fat people, the ugly people, the plain stupid people. What I'm trying to say is, I have fallen on hard times. That is, uh, I believe, the correct expression, yeah? Listen very carefully, I will say this only once. I want you to tell me who I need to kill. As expert pistol marksman, all it takes is one clear shot at someone's head and I will create the proper effect. Or torture, I could also do that, yeah? Believe me, I am very gifted at this. My record is 52 hours, inflicting maximum pain whilst keeping the victim alive as long as possible. Uh, please, just look me up on the internet. Dr. Kaufman, I will give you a 25% discount on your first hit. I am just a professional seeking a job. Na gut, wie schaltet man dieses Ding aus? Ja. Eric Stormon got in contact with us on Facebook to say this about the songs in Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies is the better song, only because of the melancholic romance of its lyrics. I like that it sounds as if it was written by a broken-hearted Bond woman. The lyrics of Surrender 
are not as intriguing or clever, though both songs are beautifully arranged and possess classic 007 flavour. I just wish KD Lang had performed both, or that Sheryl Crow's vocals were stronger. Hi, like a secret agent who just refuses to die, it's me, Steve Clamp again. So I gave you my brief thoughts a short time ago alongside my son Ben, but 24 hours after watching Tomorrow Never Dies at my local view cinema with around 25 other people, here are some more considered reflections. And actually, it's almost like I need to give two reviews of this film, because on the one hand, there is so much fun, so much spectacle, and so many standout moments. To criticise it for its weaknesses seems to do it a disservice. As a Bond romp, it's up there with the best. So let me stick for now with all that is wonderful. The pre-credits title sequence is quite possibly my favourite from the entire Bond franchise. Be it Judy Dench and Jeffrey Palmer's respective characters bickering, with Judy's M coming out on top as she should, or the scene at the arms bazaar. Oh, how I love that on-screen description, by the way. Just off to the bazaar, love. You know, to pick up some knick-knacks and a couple of nuclear warheads. I love the build-up to the reveal of Bond, which actually would have made a very nice introducing a new Bond actor moment to the beautifully directed action that ensues. It has more wow factor than the climax of most action films, let alone the opening. Pierce absolutely nails this too. He does action as well as any other Bond actor. Other highlights of the film? Well, I love Dr. Kaufman and the humour he brings when apologising to Bond for having to ask how to unlock his car is a favourite. And then there's the special effects. I never once noticed a model, CGI or back projection. And actually, it's possibly the only Bond film where I can honestly say that. I mean, I know most of the naval ships and the stealth ship must be models, but when watching, I can't see it. And I know the helicopter rotor blades in the bike scene were added later using CGI, but it's so subtly added to the scene, you can't tell. This is how special effects should be done, to move the film along, to help tell the story, not to become the star in their own right. And actually, as I do love miniature effects, a mention for the naval ships. Now, I saw Titanic the week before Tomorrow Never Dies in 97. The sweeping CGI shots of the Titanic ship seemed so impressive back then. I remember being less wowed by the more traditional shots of the naval ships in Tomorrow Never Dies. But a couple of weeks ago, I saw a clip from Titanic. Wow, those effects have aged. The CGI looks, well, just so computery now. But in Tomorrow Never Dies, the ships, created using model effects, still look just as real. There are plenty of terrific stunts, and the motorbike chase in Thailand is very well put together. The logistics don't bear thinking about. Real stunts, real locations, blended wonderfully with studio sets. So those are some of my many highlights. There are others, including the fight with Bond in the soundproof room, happening over the shoulder of the oblivious Carver security guard. But if you look deeper than just the fun romp, this film has many issues. The biggest for me is a combined one the character of Elliot Carver, and the performance of Jonathan Price. Carver is, as a character, all too obvious. I would have loved it if they'd played with our expectations and had Carver as someone helping MI6 thanks to his contacts in China, seeing him appalled at the headlines he was having to write, with an eventual reveal that he was creating the very news he was reporting. And then there's Jonathan Price. Just months earlier, the world had met Austin Powers' nemesis Dr. Evil, a deliciously over-the-top comedic character from Mike Myers. Well, Jonathan Price's performance is at times more over-the-top 
than Maya's pantomime villain. He comes across as little more than a cartoon bad guy and no threat whatsoever. He is, without question, the weakest main villain in any Bond film for me. And actually, most of his stooges aren't much better. And there's the slightly strange framing director Roger Spottiswood goes for, shooting up at his cast from low-placed cameras for much of the early part of the film, and I'm really not sure why, as he ditches it later. I thought maybe it would be to show Carver starting as a giant who is losing power as the film goes on, but I noticed he shoots Brosnan in the same way, so that argument doesn't wash. Oh, and that brings me to Pierce Brosnan. In Goldeneye, I genuinely think he is the perfect Bond, and if he'd only made that one film, he would quite possibly topple Moore, Connery, and even Dalton from my top three. But, and I know others have said this before me, the problem here seems to be that his Bond finds himself in a rather silly film which is trying to draw humour from every scene, while Brosnan, though, doesn't seem to have been given the memo. He's not just playing it straight, that would be fine. Dalton does that and allows the humour to shine naturally from the scenes around him. But Brozza seems intent on giving a deep, dramatic performance, despite how the scene is written or how it feels. I don't blame him alone for this. Roger Spottiswood is the man making the film. He needs to guide everyone in the same direction. The worst example is probably when Bond finds Paris dead on his hotel bed. His initial reaction is just about bearable as he nuzzles her corpse. But then, after the whole scene with Kaufman, which I admit Brosnan plays delightfully, he goes back to her again. You're Bond. You're on a mission. Snap out of it. Next thing you know, you'll have turned into Daniel Craig and be spending entire films pining. Don't get me wrong, when Brosnan is doing humour or action, he is great. Oh, and personal opinion, the three best actors at running in films are Will Smith, Tom Cruise and Pierce Brosnan. If they can find one more, they'd have an unbeatable relay team. Final grumble, this film has for me the worst product placement I have ever seen anywhere. I mean, Bond is given a car full of gadgets and it's a three-box saloon. Why? Because BMW needed to flog bank managers more of its 7 Series. It is the most unbond car I've ever seen, and I've seen him handle a 2CV. At least it gets a decent action scene. But that brings me to Avis. Other rental firms are available. The awful ill-fitting jacket they made Desmond Llewellyn wear is, well, sad, in what was thankfully a fairly well-written scene, but then they make Bond crash his car off the top of a car park, with no idea who it would land on below and who it would needlessly kill, just so it could crash into, yes, you've guessed it, an Avis rental shop. I know people would in reality get killed in other Bond action sequences, but at least he doesn't appear so needlessly reckless in those. He does here. I feel like I really must stop moaning, but the climax features Bond going Rambo with too many machine guns. I suppose it's fairly decent other than that. The score for the film is okay, although unlike the rest of the world who adore David Arnold's first crack at a Bond score, it's not one of my favourites. I think he occasionally misuses the Bond theme. Can't believe I've just said that. Michael Kamen did a better job of maximising its use in Licence to Kill. That said, I do think Arnold's later scores are mostly superb, so please, no shouting at me. As for our showing, nice and loud, how I like it, although Ben and I both noticed the sound effects drowned out some of the speech, and in darker scenes there was quite a bit of noise on the screen, unusual for a movie shot on 35mm film. I wonder if it's an effect of the recent transfer to 4K or whatever it is they've done. 
So that's it. I know I've sounded very critical, but this is not a bad Bond film. It's knocking on the door of my top 10. And if this was the next film Eon released after the Craig era, I would be the happiest man on earth. But this was a film that followed John Glenn's impressive five and Brosnan's incredibly classy Goldeneye, which despite having a far smaller budget than Tomorrow Never Dies, oozes class from beginning to end. So maybe this film just felt it had too much to live up to, too many boxes to tick after what had come before. Despite its flaws, I loved my two hours watching Tomorrow Never Dies. It is really good. It's just a shame that with all its winning ingredients, it missed a fairly easy chance to be truly great. Thank you so much for all you Bond fans out there sending us your wonderful audio clips of your opinions on Tomorrow Never Dies. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you see it, there isn't time for all your thoughts on just one episode. So please stay tuned for part two of Tomorrow Never Dies on the big screen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.